0: Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Jen Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jen. Chad, we're going to start this week a little different. As you know, last week, uh, Kansas uh, pulled off a big win against UNC in the March Madness uh, tournament and NCAA tournament. And just wanted to see did you make a bracket? Did you have a bracket this year?
1: Yeah, I love, I love filling out the brackets and, uh, you know, my wife, my wife's not the, the biggest sports fan, but she somehow beats me almost every year. And she has this crazy philosophy of picking teams. She picks vacation spots and, and places where she's lived or where she would want to live. So she lived, she grew up near Philadelphia. So she had Villanova in the final four. She, uh, she picked Miami for two rounds like they did. And, uh, and then she picked the biggest upset. She picked St. Peter's over Kentucky um, because- Would rather go thought, to New Jersey? She thought it was uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. <laughs> so anyways, my seven-year-old filled it out. I, I love March Madness, love the brackets. And, and man, I love I love college basketball. Can't can't beat that. And today's guest, we have a, a college basketball coach with us.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jake Delaney is our guest today, Chad. He's the assistant coach at Gardner Webb, and you know, you and I had some great battles in the tennis court against Gardner Webb since they're members of the Big South Conference. And this year, you know, their season just finished, and they made it to the semifinals of the Big South Conference, and they've done that now several years here, recent recent past. But Jake Jake's story is just so cool, you know, so unique. And talking about growing up with uh, three sisters and having a dad, a pastor for dad, and And he also shares a story about um, coaching or coaching alongside Neil Young. And just a tease, Neil Young will be one of our guests here coming up in the next few weeks. Um, But I just love this conversation, Chad, and we can't wait to get into it right now. Coach Delaney, thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. We always like to start every conversation with what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach?
2: Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I, I love um, what you guys are doing and, and y'all's platform that you guys have created. I think this is awesome and um, just the news and uh, the the way you can go about coaching or what y'all are spreading. I think is great. Um, yeah, for me, you know, being a Christian coach is is everything. I, I really want to be defined by that. Um, I I would love the the coaches that I work with and <clears throat> excuse me and the other guys that, that I know um, to to look at me in that way and, and and see me as a as someone who's committed to using um, my position as a platform to uh, spread the news of Jesus and so you know I just think as coaches you have uh, such a unique opportunity. Um, to pour into your players lives and also the other coaches that you work with I think both are just as important Um, and so I look at my job um, as a ministry and I think um, I think God's called me to uh, this ministry I guess um, for this period of my life and so I want to steward that well um, and I think it looks different for for everybody, and looks different in terms of the situation you're in, the program you're in, and um, and so I'm constantly uh, doing that wrong and trying to figure out uh, what obedience looks like in that area. But um, yeah, for me, that's that's kind of what I think about when I think of you know a Christian coach. Um, you know, I think of just someone that's using uh, their platform as a coach to. Uh, disciple those that um you're coaching and those you're working with so yeah that's
0: a good answer thank thank you uh, for sharing it go back let's go back to young jake um <laughs> give us your, a little bit of your story um did you always wanted to coach um just give us a little bit of your backstory
2: yeah so um i uh i grew up in alabama um got three sisters, parents. My my dad's a, a pastor, so I'm uh, one of those PKs, um, so I guess that there's there's some bad things that can come with that, <laughs> um, but grew up playing sports, kind of, you know, grew up playing every sport, um, and about the time I got to high school, I really just wanted to focus on basketball. I was as average as average comes when it comes to uh my basketball skills, but um, just played through high school, and then had a chance um, to go play at Covenant College and um, look out Mountain Georgia, which is a Division Three school. And so, I I got there and played for three years under Kyle Taylor, and then had a uh, basically a hip injury, and from that kind of a back injury came, and so I ended up kind of shutting it down early and I was a student assistant um, my senior year of college. And I would say before then, I didn't know that I I wanted to coach, but I just knew I wanted to be in sports and I didn't know what, what that was going to look like. I obviously thought, hey, coaching could be a possibility. Um, I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do yet. And that, Basically, when I had to stop playing, um, God really used that time in my life to, to show me um, kind of where he was calling me to. And so I just I knew that year as a student assistant, like, hey, this is this is something that I want to do. I, I want to coach in college. Um, and so. So, yeah, so I uh, I knew I wanted to do that. And I I got an opportunity to be a graduate assistant at Gardner-Webb um and did that for two years and really as a GA I mean those those two years you're gonna know pretty quick if you want to do it or not I mean it'll weed you out or 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 keep you in yeah um and so I did that for two years under coach craft and then I had a chance to go back to covenant college as a full-time assistant working for Neil Young for those two years um, and then came right back to Garden Web and had a chance to, to be an assistant here. And I've been there, been here the last two years. So, yeah,
0: let, let's go back to growing up with three sisters. Um, are you the youngest and w- what order did you come?
2: Yeah. So I'm the second oldest, Okay. Uh, completely outnumbered. I was in trouble all the time. Uh, there's just no one that I could, <laughs> I could, uh, I couldn't. Beat up my younger brother. right? it's like it, it just didn't work like that with sisters. So, um, but I no, I loved it though. I my sisters are are awesome. They they all played a big impact in my life. For well, sure.
0: What what was something that growing up with uh, three sisters um, helped you develop that now you're using it as a coach to men?
2: Man, great question. Um,
0: I have I have no siblings. And so therefore I I can't relate to even having three sisters, but I do coach usually 10 women every, every year. And I wish I had some sisters growing up, which that would have helped me tremendously when I first started it. Right. Um, But yeah, but I want to hear from you.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. The thing that comes to mind is, uh, with my sisters, uh, the words that I used were, could cut really deep in a good or bad way. And a lot of times in a bad way growing up. Um, and, you and,
0: knew, and you knew the buttons to push, the right I, words to say to get a reaction.
2: A hundred percent. I knew exactly what, what, I, what I could say to get that reaction. Um, but I think what I learned from that is that I think we're all like that. I think men are the same way. We just...
0: We might put a mask on. Mask
2: get a little different. Right. And so um, I feel like that's been really valuable in terms of um, I think about what I say to people. And I think it matters, even though I think most men aren't going to admit that. Um, but I think there's there's a lot of power in what we say and in um, good and bad ways. And so that's kind of what comes to mind. When I think yeah. About.
0: Yeah, now growing up with a dad as a pastor, um, how was that like? Um, and then maybe how how did you come into um, re- a relationship with Jesus?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, so I for me, I loved it. Like we, uh, I loved our church kind of growing up, and um, the the people at our church grew to be family for us and so um it was never something that i like despised being a pastor's kid um and my dad uh he's he's a very um i mean the first like nine years of my life he was a college pastor so like it was fun right like college doing all those things with college students and and those kind of things and so it was it was really enjoyable But I think by the time that I got to high school um, there was probably a couple years, really my senior year where I started to just get burned out. And I was like, I'm, I'm tired of going to church. Uh, You know, I, I was kind of like getting pulled in a lot of other directions and, the things of the world were seeming more attractive to me, um, at that time. And so I was, I I guess, um, I became a believer when I was really young, when I was four. And so I would say, I, I, I lived a, a life of trying to follow Jesus as much as I could at a young age up until probably my senior year of high school. And I would say my faith really wavered, um, as I got into college and really what kept me out of trouble was, um, playing basketball. (laughs) Like I was all in on that. And so anything that was going to impact, uh, you know, my, my time on the court in a negative way, I wasn't going to do that. And so that was, that was my focus. And as I got into college, that became my identity. Um, and I was a hundred percent wrapped up in, being this division three college basketball player um, and really caring about what other people thought about me. And that's really what kind of ran my life. Um, And so I kind of hit on this earlier. uh, But when I was a, a junior going into my junior year, like that was when I probably put the absolute most possible time I could into into basketball. My entire summer was all about, Um, training for that following season and God just like completely flipped that upside down and um, getting injured uh, was a blessing in disguise Um, and going into my senior year when I realized I'm not going to be able to play anymore like I can't I can't play um, basketball anymore uh, for the foreseeable future And I had to wrap it up. That was the first time I realized, man, your identity is completely in other things and not in in Jesus. And so that kind of began this, I would say, like re-pursuit of following him and putting my identity in Jesus and then experiencing like um, fulfillment. That I hadn't really experienced up until that point in my life, um, and so, you know, it was a little shaky after that for a little bit. But um, you know, I would say over the last, you know, six years or so, where my life, what my life looks like now in terms of my faith, and is completely different than it did before. So,
0: yeah, that that's what um, Jesus does. You know, um, we had a we had a guest. Before uh, Coach Anthony Franz, he coaches football at Trinity, and he said his life got radically redirected by Christ. You know, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that's the power that Christ has. What were some mentors that you had? Um, and I'm not just saying maybe like people who were physically near you. Um, I have so many mentors that are just podcast hosts that I just listen to, and I learn from them. And they don't know me, but I consider them my mentors as well. But were there people that surrounded you after that junior senior year of college that helped you grow in your faith and, and become a you know a coach for Christ?
2: Right. Um, yeah. The, there's a lot of people that come to mind, and like you said, it uh, you know it it can it can take a community of of different people in your life that can direct you in the right way. Um, So when I, after my senior year of college and I was a graduate assistant here at Gardner-Webb, I got plugged into a church here and I remember it was one service on a Sunday and I was just at this point where I'm like, I've got to go talk to somebody, right? And so I went down and there was one of the pastors and I just went up to him. I said, Hey, you know, my name's Jake. I'm one of the graduate assistants, Gardner Webb. Can we get lunch this week? And his name is Jeff Marburger. Um, he's no longer at the church. He's running a, a nonprofit right now for foster care and adoption. Um, but anyway, so we went and got lunch and I basically just told him everything, everything in my life up to that point. Um, and, you know, something that I guess I didn't hit on earlier as a pastor's kid, you kind of are afraid to be vulnerable about your, your life. Right. Cause you kind of got to be this perfect kid that yeah. nobody tells you that, but you just put it on yourself without even realizing. Right. And so, so I went to him and that kind of started a process of him uh, really mentoring me over, you know, that kind of next year and a half at Garden web. Um, and you know, he did a ton for me in, in that span of my life. And he still is today. We still meet and talk today, which is awesome. I'm really thankful for him. Um, uh, the youth pastor at that church at that time, he played a huge role in my life. He's one of my best friends. Um, and he just, I got to kind of do life with him, which was really special. Um, and then, uh, when I worked at Covenant for two years, Neil Young, um, Neil made a huge impact in my life. Um, and you know, he, he's one of the guys that really showed me, um, I got to see firsthand what, um, you know, what a Christian coach can really look like, um, and what discipleship can look like and those kind of things. And, um, and so, Neil's. What were here.
0: some of the things that he did? Um,
2: on yeah. A- so one of the biggest impacts he had on me was uh, just time in the word and showing me what consistency can look like and how to do it. Um, he is big on journaling. And so um, I kind of picked up that habit from him, um, which has been really, really helpful and impactful for me in my life. Um, and then just as a coach, um, just the idea of uh, discipleship and what that can look like. Now we we're at Covenant, so it's a Christian school, so we're able to do a, a little bit, uh, you know, kind of on a deeper level than you are at other schools. Yeah. Um, but you know, that was his focus, and and that was our focus as a staff for those two years, and it looked like a lot of things. I mean, we, I don't really have. We don't have an hour to talk about all those <laughs> things that we did, but um, but that those those two years were um, were huge in my life for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, are there any books that you read as a young coach or even now that that have shaped who you are?
2: Yeah. Um, two come to mind. I think one that I've, I read a while back. Uh, Lead for God's sake. Um, very. Books very common book. Most, most people have read it. If you haven't, you definitely should. Um, for me, that kind of, it kind of laid the groundwork in terms of, um, how I want to be a Christian coach and what that looks like. And, um, I mean, if you're looking for a place to start, I would recommend starting there. Um, and then this last, uh, about a year ago, I read uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry.
0: Incredible. I just finished it a few months ago.
2: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's big time, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so I, I, think, um, I think for coaches, I would highly recommend that book because we always feel like we're not doing enough and like we can never stop working, right? You hear that all the time. Coaching is a you know, 24, seven job. Um, but that's just, that's just not sustainable and it's not true. Um, and so there's a lot of things from that book that I really took, um, you know, as it relates to how do we implement our faith into this crazy life of coaching and how can we balance that? And, um, so I, I, I love that book. I'm actually going to start rereading it here soon. So, yeah. Um, it was
0: yeah when I when I read it there were just so many I call it slaps in the face you know yeah. <laughs> it's just like does this guy know who I am like, I does, know. <laughs> does he know oh, and and we had Todd Gongwer the author of Lead for God's sake in the podcast uh, previously and he yeah. talked about how that's one of the biggest struggles in, in coaching is the feeling that you have got to always be on you know you, there's no time for family there's no breaks you're sleeping in your office. And now he, he wrote that book and he now works with professional teams, college teams all the time. And he said that he still sees that as that is the, the, the nature of coaching that most people think that, you know, that's how it should be. Um, and sometimes we look at those coaches and are like, wow, they're so successful and they're sleeping in their couch in your office. Maybe I should do that, but the, that's not what God calls us to do. You know? For
2: sure. uh, and no so doubt. no doubt.
0: Yeah. Well uh, coach Delaney, thank you so much for coming. Um, we would like to always finish with, how can we be praying
1: for you?
2: Yeah. Great, great question. I, um, I think for me right now, it's just continuing to, uh, learn what I guess obedience looks like in terms of discipleship and the program that I'm in right now. Um, And so I feel like I've been trying to figure that out over the last few months. Um, And yeah, that's, that's kind of what comes to mind right now.
0: That's great. All right, let's go to prayer. Dear Jesus. Thank you so much for, for this talk, this talk with uh, Jake. Uh, Thank you for his uh, servant leadership there at Gardner web and at covenant previously. Um, Lord, I pray that you continue to give him the platform to impact his players uh, his coworkers, whoever he comes in contact with, for your kingdom and your glory, Father, just ask that you help him continue to learn what obedience looks like um, in the ways of discipleship and servanthood in every area of his life. Father, thank you again for for this for this chat, and uh, continue to bless Gardner Webb uh, basketball as they
1: move forward here to the new season. In your name, I pray. Amen. 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 I love. I loved hearing Jake's story uh, of how he's getting into coaching and the places the Lord has moved him around. And, and just the, the quote that he learned um, just from his sisters, where he said, words can hurt or build up. And just the, the basic, uh, beautiful reminder as a coach that, you know, coaches, we're using our words every day, uh, whether it's through, through text or email or, or verbal or, um, or nonverbals, you know, and just thinking through are we using these to to build up and encourage or to tear down and, and break down um and then the other the other thing that kind of stood out just that reminder i read the ruthless elimination of hurry it's now been a year year and a half ago and uh man i could use a refresher on that one every every week of my life i think especially if we got three small kids and it just seems like i wish i had an extra hour in the day an extra day in the week uh, just to get everything all the priorities taken care of but um what, uh, what were some of your takeaways, Gian, from from The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry?
0: Gosh, Jed, I think that that book and uh, John Mark Homer wrote a book, um, Loveology, I think as well, um, just about marriage and, and things like that. But, you know, it feels like he, and I talked about it in an interview, it feels like he knows who I am. Like it just, the way their book, you know, is written, it's almost like a conversation, you know? But it just feels like he's slapping me in the face and telling me to wake up, almost you know every every time I read it because yeah. he just and it goes to show that we're not alone that we're all kind of facing the same struggles, and if we're open to others about it, we can have can find a community that can help us go through it together.
1: Yeah, but- and that that's that's why I feel like the ruthless elimination of hurry was so good is because it spoke to our culture in the midst of the the cell phones and the rise of. Uh, the internet age you know um so i yeah. think that's what was so powerful about it is i haven't met somebody that hasn't been <laughs> been appreciative of reading the book you know
0: yeah yeah i read maybe last year as well i read uh celebration of discipline by richard foster and he wrote that like in the 60s and it felt like it was a current book and i have a feeling that ruthless administration of Perry, 50 years from now it, w- it will be the same way and even probably yeah. even more since technology has taken over everything
1: yeah I agree. And I think both are just, you know, thinking through the disciplines and following the way of Jesus um, to, to try to take care of, you know, the busyness of life.
0: Yeah. The other thing too, Chad, and one of the disciplines I've taken up here recently is, is journaling. And that was one of the questions um, I asked Jake at, at the extra after the, uh, after the prayer request. And if you want to hear to that, uh, his answer to that, just go on Patreon and, and sign up to be a part of the Christian coach community. Um, It's been a lot of fun for me to write a weekly devotional to all the coaches that sign up. And um, I just I just think it's journaling is so good because it allows you to put your your thoughts into into paper and you can really analyze your thoughts and see if what you're saying to yourself is true or if you're thinking is true or as if
1: it's helpful. Um, It's just been really good. Yeah, no, I agree. And I could relate there to Jake on just the ADD moments and getting distracted. And, and me being a kinesthetic learner too, I think it helps me to write down uh, scripture verses or, or just themes or ideas, um, just to stay focused and, uh, and be present. You know, when we are trying to spend time with God, the enemy wants to distract and steal, kill and destroy. And he doesn't want us to be in that moment. I do think that that writing is a way to, to stay focused for sure
0: and coach we always finish every episode with the same reminder that regardless if you're in Bowie Creek North Carolina one of the Gardner Webb does have one of the better uh, college campuses and just hidden in there in Bowie Creek but regardless if you're in Bowie Creek or if you're in the middle of the Amazon or anywhere around the world the mission field is right where you're at